Blog Talk Radio. Icon, Granny Hawker, and Big Swing. For those of you who are listeners on a regular basis uh, and maybe missed a couple of weeks, uh, you noticed that new music, The Rise of Lucifer Kane. Uh, we wanted to give a big shout out. That was Icon's buddy hooked us up uh, with another new theme song, and we're going to put the last theme song that we had uh, now as the closer. So that's probably why it sounded a little bit different in the beginning for those of you. Uh, if you are now just joining us, um, well, I mean, what took you so long? <laughs> but, um, but yeah, we are back. Um, number one wrestling podcast on the internet, and um, another big show. Uh, another, uh, I believe it's a three interview show, if, if Icon has done his math right. And, you know, we're, we're here, we're consistent every week, and we're live. And for those of you who have been writing in, um, you know, saying things like, hey, I love the show, but, you know, sometimes it's awkward when somebody doesn't call, or, hey, you know, sometimes there's a mistake here, or sometimes, or whatever. That's what happens with live programming. Um, it, it's, it's easy for me in my day job because, yes, it's live, but everything's on a seven-second delay. So if we get something, we can just hit a delay button or hit a, hit a graphic sound or hit a something uh, to fill in a mistake. Um, or play a commercial so you can call in, something like that. But we can't really do that uh, here on a live, live program. There's no seven-second delay here. Uh, we are 100% live, streaming again, 104.5. We want to thank you guys for allowing us to use your station uh, as well as, you know, to get out in the FM airwaves uh, as well as Blog Talk Radio for giving us the platform here on the Internet. Uh, so, Icon, Granny, um, you guys are back. Uh, we want to thank you again for 
for joining us. Uh, you know, it feels like just yesterday we were on the air. Uh, these these weeks have been going by pretty quick this summer so far. So, uh, well, what about what about you guys? How have you guys been? Well, I've been doing all right. Just kind of uh, getting things done, working on the show, working uh, three jobs. You know, make ends meet. You know, well, doing this, you doing that. Here, huh? Mr. Workaholic. Well, you know, I, uh, I, li- I like, I like to stay busy. I like to do uh, things to make money. I also like to do stuff to uh, get guests for our show, to keep our fans entertained, so everybody knows that when they tune into the show, it's going to be entertaining. And tonight's show will be no different if they're looking for entertainment if they're looking for celebrities and wrestlers and you name it all walks of life we got them and all the guests that we have on bring their fans to us and then their fans stay with us because they're entertained by us and you know what it's all about us entertaining you our fans nice nice granny how about you how have you been Oh, I've been busy getting ready for our state convention in Little Rock in a couple weeks. I leave Wednesday the 19th for five days. So, um, you know, I'm really surprised we're even still having it, you know, but it is what it is. So I'll do the best the job that I can possibly do. This will be my last conference as Deputy Grand Regent. So my year is coming to an end and... We will be installing the new incoming Deputy Grand Regent um, Sunday morning on August 23rd. And so, you know, nice. just getting ready for that. You know, my kiddo, he's had a little stomach. Yeah, I know. Had a little stomach bug for a few days. He's had some issues going on. So I've been having to deal with person, some personal stuff concerning him. He's not really been wanting to take care very good care of himself and so granny may have to make some decisions that I don't really want to have to make right now so you know but mm. I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna go there and you know it's just um hopefully things will get worked out and things will get better but hey we're here to do a great show again for the listeners and just moving on along you know so I mean, that's the only thing you really can do at this point. Um, you know, I've been uh, dealing with a lot of stuff up here um, in, in terms of, I, I mean, obviously the, the radio show and things have, has been going on, but uh, we've had a lot of um, different rules and it seems like it's ever changing uh, in the entertainment and bar industry up here in New York. And, uh, you know, like I was telling you guys off the air, it's a state of about 20 million people. It's one of the highest population states in the nation. We only have 516 cases statewide right now. And, and I went to high school with more people than that. So, I mean, it's, uh, it, it, we're doing a really good job up here. Um, it is really annoying, uh, to, you know, um, uh, have to wear the mask everywhere you go. And, you know, we have a new law and rule up here, guys. I don't know if this is the same in North Dakota or down in Arkansas, but um, if you're – so basically the governor does not want you going out to the bar to to drink. He wants you to – you know, you can go eat, 
but he does not want you to go and drink and socialize and mingle with people and not be six feet apart and all that stuff. So if you're going to eat at a bar or a restaurant, uh, in order to get a drink, you must order food. So, for example, if you go sit at the bar, you cannot just order a beer. You have to get food uh, as well. And that goes for if you want to switch to a table. You also then have to order food before you can get your drink. You have to basically, the whole premise is you have to be eating and sitting in the spot that you came into, uh, not mingling around and walking around. So, yes, it's annoying, especially if you're bar hopping, you have to order food everywhere you go. And, you know, you're going to gain 40 pounds just on a night out. But, you know, it is what it is. And, um, you know, we're doing a pretty pretty good diligent job up here. Uh, and, you know, we're, we're, it looks like we're getting arena football back in Albany, which is huge. As you guys know, Albany just won. Well, actually, you might not know, but Albany just won the Arena Bowl Cup uh, last year. We just are the champions of the world for Arena Bowl right now. So uh, that was awesome. So, yeah, just a lot of cool developments and new things going on uh, up here. And, you know, I, I put my block of time aside came on Monday uh, to, to be here with you guys. So, Cal, why don't you uh, go ahead and let us know now, because for those of you who didn't look at the Facebook, uh, shame on you if you didn't, but if you didn't look at the Facebook, you don't know who's coming on. Cal, why don't you let us know who's sitting in the green room? All right, so tonight we have Southern Violence Wrestling tonight. Uh, I cannot wait to uh, talk to these guys. Yeah, interesting. Uh, now, here's the question. We're going to have the... Uh, the owner and operator, but is he going to bring anybody with him? Is anybody going to come on the show that he's on and talk to us? We don't know. You sound like you know the answer, but you're holding back on us here. I, I well, it's a like, surprise, time, big swing. It's a surprise. Well, like, it, it sounds like had, the, like the tone of your voice makes it seem like you uh, you know <clears throat> you know the answer. But I, I guess we'll all find well, out pretty soon. Well, no, it's just that every time we have different organizations on, sometimes uh, guys that are in feuds call in and they have a shoot here, which is not planned by us, is not set up by us. Perfect example, uh, if you remember when we had, um, geez, I can't remember his name, but remember his girlfriend called, his ex-girlfriend called in and she was pissed off because uh, he kicked her in the face and he was on the show oh, and he was recovering. This was a long time ago, man. This was You're talking two years ago now. Right. But I so, do remember it. Uh, yes. And we're going to have the burlesque dancing star, the Alabaster Disaster. Uh, Sabrina Horning is going to be on with us. And Alabaster what's interesting about this, hmm. yeah, what's interesting about her as a burlesque dancer, not only does she have a, a wrestling name uh, as a performer name, the Alabaster Disaster, the icon took one of uh, the most famous pictures of her when she had a warf- uh, wardrobe malfunction on stage. So uh, I can't wait to talk about that. And we're going to have the actress Donna Marie Recco with us. Uh, she was in the movie Autofocus. She's been in several movies with, jeez, uh, uh, why can't I remember his name? Uh, I had it. Um, oh boy. I, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm just, uh, uh, I'm just so excited that she's going to be on, and I, I forgot, 
who she's uh, had movies with. Uh, Robert De Niro. Uh, she's had many uh, movies with Robert De Niro. So uh, we have another actress on the show with us tonight. So we're going to have a fun night. Uh, we're going to learn a lot of stuff about Southern violence and wrestling and uh, the difference between burlesque dancing and stripping and uh, what it's like to be a Hollywood actress. Uh, we have the fan, uh, the icon is a big fan of uh, your uh, different movie cameos where uh, your films have provided the best two minutes of the, uh, the films that you've been involved in. So we're going to have some fun tonight. It's going to be great. Well, good. Well, and we always we always have a little bit of fun, but uh, so oh, icon. One of the announcements: I have switched. I have switched cell phone companies, so uh, we should be good from now on. You're not going to be dropping Yay! out on <laughs> All right. For those of you who who know, um, I mean, I sound so crystal clear because uh, I'm speaking, you know, with my lips basically touching a microphone here in the radio studio. Uh, but Granny and Icon, due to co- you know coronavirus concerns and things, are at home, calling from home down in Arkansas and out in North Dakota. Uh, the show is anchored here in New York, so uh, a little bit, little bit different. But Icon, for those of you who don't know, uh, has a tendency to drop out every once in a while. Uh, he had that, that can you hear me now sprint package and uh, no we could not hear you so uh, now finally we can and uh, things things are looking up a little bit so as long as it's not Cricket or Boost Mobile we should be fine uh, or Metro Metro PCS kind of stuff Icon we do have yeah, we do about, have we we did have a number on with us uh, it was a 706 which is North Georgia which I'm assuming was our guest. Uh, but now the guest is not on. They now fell off. So it's funny when we start talking about Icon changing his perception, and and the guest either, you know, either 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 is a cricket boost mobile or Metro PCS user, and uh, and and did not like the previous comments, or or did indeed you know lose service or or whatever it may be. But we'll wait a couple of minutes for them to. Get back on the line with us, and then oh, oh, speak of the devil, there they are. So that is uh, that is what we're looking at. So Icon uh, is seven oh six supposed to be the first area code? It is. It is. It is. Alrighty. So what we are going to do is I'm going to put them through, and you are going to do the thing that you've become so well known for on this show: your patented trademark introductions. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, we have the coolest independent wrestling organization owners with us today. And who are they going to bring with them? Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I bring you Southern Violence and Wrestling. Yo, yo, man. It's Ryan Murdoch, owner of Southern Violence and Wrestling. I'm here with the Southern Violence and Wrestling heavyweight champion at Garage. And we are live on the Attitude Era with the icon, the big swing, and Granny Hulkster. And uh, we we uh, thank you for taking time on your schedule to join us uh, tonight. We have, uh, well, we have about uh, 30 minutes of fun time here with you. And uh, I was just going to ask real quick because I was kind of uh, – uh, that was kind of uh, a uh, audition there. If you ever need a, a great ring announcer, what do you think? Yeah, I like it, man. It brought the energy, so that's what we like down here. 
And, uh, you know, I can also do combos for you if you ever have any Christmas shows. Why have a Merry Christmas when you can have a Southern Violet Christmas? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, here's what I'm going to do. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. So here's what we're going to do here. We're going to have you give us a little background about uh, your organization, and then we'll ask you some questions, and we'll bring out the champion. We'll ask him some questions, and uh, we'll have some fun. So go ahead. Give us uh, your skinny. All right. Uh, so we started five years ago. Um, uh, we started in a shithole bar, man, like 21 and older, uh, only could attend the show. Um, we were primarily a deathmatch company when we started out. Um, I actually committed probably the most infamous spot in the history of our company, and I put a syringe through uh, through a guy's cheek in front of about 50 fans. <laughs> and uh, so we we um we we've been through our trials and tribulations as a company for about three and a half years in Monroe, Georgia. We were in that, you know crap of a bar um when the bar changed movement we were lucky enough to get out of monroe and move to athens georgia which uh, most people know that athens georgia is a college town and it's home, the home of the bulldogs University of yep. georgia yeah home and, of the, uh, the, the hedges the hedges yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were lucky enough to meet a, a great guy and his name is Brian Ross, and he owns the Southern Brewing Company down here in Athens. And um, he, me and him talked a few times about having our shows there. And so in 2018, we officially moved to the Southern Brewing Company in Athens, Georgia. And we've been there ever since, man. And we, you know, we average between 250 to 400 cents a month. Uh, we're on Fight TV every single month. Um, this opportunity keeps growing, man, and it's going to continue to get bigger. So that's that's kind of the background as far as just your background on the company. So, so with that being said, uh, as the promoter and the owner, what would you uh, say is your uh, being a promo- promoter style? Are you like a Vince McMahon that uh, does the behind-the-scenes things and sends out the troops? Are you like a Paul Heyman that uh, interjects every once in a while, or – are you like a Triple H that'll screw somebody over if they get more limelight than you? <laughs> no, man. Um, you know, my co-owner is uh, Justin Legend, and um, we we fifty fifty the company. Um, he came on late last year, and um, you know, me, me and him are both active wrestlers as well as owning the company. So, um, you know, I think it helps us a lot, man, because like. As active wrestlers, we also get the views and ideas of, hey, how something should work, or, hey, if we put this guy in this position or this girl in this position, like, we can really boost them. So, I think overall, 100%, like, it works really well. And then, of course, watching us, going back and watching our friends, hey, what can we correct here, or what can we make there? Because, um, anything that'll help us keep striving every month instead of staying on a plane. Because, like, down here in Georgia, wrestling-wise, a lot of companies are really, really cookie-cutter, and um, we're not. Uh, we're kind of more 
we've been compared to like more northern style wrestling. Um, we have the death matches. We have the crazy tag team scrambles. We, I mean, you know, we have a bit of everything for everybody. That's not the norm here in Georgia. So I think that's why we're so popular as well. Uh, Southern Violence Wrestling is our guest here. We have uh, 25 minutes with him. What? Uh, and you said the champion is there with you right now? Yes, he's on. He should be there. All right. Actually, uh, there. Yeah, there he is. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, uh, I'm going to ask you a question. We'll kind of go around the room here, then we'll come back to me, and I'm going to ask you guys both some hard-hitting questions. But uh, for the champ, I'm just kind of curious, would you consider yourself to be a uh, baby face, a heel, an in-between, or are you what the crowd decides you're going to be? Uh, pretty much I'm, I'm the big face of the company right now. Um, so, you know, pretty much all the kids, you know, they love me. And uh, you know, it's just kind of like the basic deal about how it comes to me full circle. You know, I, I can relate to them because you know, I, I, was, I was them, you know, all those years ago. I was just a fan of wrestling itself and just looking at the guys that are like – like larger than life and whatnot. So, um, but yeah, I'm I'm the big face of the company. Well, you know, with that being said, I'm going to bring uh, Granny on. Uh, Granny, what I'll let you do is I'll let you ask one question to each guest. But uh, uh, I'm going to introduce you guys to Granny. Uh, she hates the heels. She loves the baby faces, and she especially loves when the baby faces come to her aid, even though she's got a cane and she does need protection. But Granny, what do you what do you have, do you have for our guests? Southern Violet Wrestling and the Champ. Go ahead. Well, for for the for the champ for the champ, I, I'm glad to hear that you're a baby face because he's right. I do not like the heels. Granny can talk some pretty good smack to the bad guys when I have to, and I'm not afraid to stand up to them. They may be bigger than me, but I'm not afraid to stand up to them. So, hey, in your career, point. in in your career of wrestling, what has been one of your most challenging matches? You've ever had to do? Uh, challenging matches. Um, well, I think a lot of times uh, you have, like, I would say, probably like triple threats. They, they can be a little bit challenging because everything is about the timing of mm-hmm. you know the other the other the other two opponents, or even if it's another triple threat or a fatal four way, you know. Um, because just kind of time everything right to, for everything to work with. Everybody's trying to tell the story, their own stories, all at the same time. So sometimes those can be a little bit challenging and whatnot. Um, you know, uh, so I'd probably the most challenging times in the ring and whatnot. I'm not saying I wouldn't do it. I'll do them, you know. But they can be a little bit challenging. <clears throat> okay. And for the promoter, you know, right now here in Arkansas, we're not able to have any wrestling shows, you know, due to the COVID. Has that been a big problem for you, for your company over down in Georgia? Um, Okay, so in March, obviously in March, the shutdown happened. And um, so that sucked major for us because there was a lot of guys on our roster and girls. um, And, of course, us – we were supposed to go to Tampa and put on a WrestleMania week show. Um, we already mm-hmm. had a venue booked, already had talent booked. <clears throat> um, 
obviously with everything that got canceled, we just we just continued to um, update our social media regularly uh, with past fight events on Fox TV. And then by the time um, May rolled around, we had a little glimmer of hope here in Georgia, but it got canceled. So, uh, but we were we were in full compliance with the city of Athens um, and the mayor and everybody, and we were able to start running again in June. Um, in June, we did 250 fans, and then last month in July, it was like 230, and uh, probably about the same turnout or a little more coming up this weekend show. So it, it's been a challenge, but uh, I think keeping the social media up to date all the time and making sure your fans know what's going on was definitely the key to keep, you know, everybody's interest peaked instead of having momentum die down. Yeah, well, that's true, because like I said, I, I the last wrestling show I had went to was obviously in March in Arkansas. Now, I was able to attend one over in Oklahoma um, July 25th for a company that I am very, that is very near and dear to my heart called Wrestling for a Cause. Uh, we do show, they do shows for kids that have childhood cancer, and of course, they weren't doing a show just for a specific family. They were just doing a show to just kind of help raise some money, you know, for the organization, you know, to kind of keep them going because they had not been able to run either, you know, a lot due to the COVID-19. So it it felt really good. I, you know, being the wrestling fan that I am, because I'm a huge fan. I mean, I love I love the sport and I love hollering the bad guys. It felt so good for Granny to be able to holler at those bad guys. And there's one guy, he's, his name is The Showcase, Alex Royal. And he turned around and blew me a kiss. Well, this one family that comes, it's a father, his daughter, and her grandfather. And Lily, she's she's my tag team partner because we like to holler at the bad guys together. She's like 10 or 11. She told her daddy, she says, Daddy? If he does, if he turns around and blows any more kisses at Granny, I'm gonna take your cane and I'm gonna hit him in his groin. <laughs> <laughs> <That's great. laughs> so, it, but it, it it felt really it felt really good to be able to go back to a wrestling show because I help with a company here in Arkansas and they actually made me president of their fan club before they even did their first show. But right now, just due to the you know the COVID and the numbers in Arkansas. We made the decision to <clears throat> not run any shows right now because we want to keep the wrestlers safe. We want to keep the fans safe, and you know it's just been a real difficult time. But God bless you all, and God bless your company. And I yeah, tell you, if you. I ever if I ever make it to if I ever make it to Georgia, <laughs> Granny, I'll have to come look you all up. So. <laughs> yeah, that'd be uh, awesome. <laughs> Southern, Viol- so- Southern Violence and Wrestling is our guest here. We've got about 19 minutes. Uh, I'm going to bring Big, uh, Big Swing on, and I'm going to uh, ask you guys some hard-hitting questions. But Big Swing, what do you got for our guest? we got Southern Violence and Wrestling and the champ. Go ahead. Well, uh, being down in the Georgia area, uh, not too, too far away from Atlanta, obviously the home of the old WCW, uh, there, there's there's a lot of big shoes to fill. Wrestling has been part of, you know, that culture and that community, that state and that part of the country really for for a long time, even way back before that to the territory days. So obviously it's uh it, it's you know a, a lot of a lot of pressure to to really bring a good product. But uh, let me 
let me sort of uh, get a gist of, of, of how you guys started. And this is for both of you, the, the, the champ and the owner. Um, and whatever order you guys want to answer is fine. But um, take us a little bit through, because you said you're an active wrestler as well. Uh, take us through how you sort of got your start. I mean, were there any inspirations, anyone you looked up to as a kid? I mean, uh, was it one of those things where you watched it when you were young and knew that's what you wanted to do? Or just kind of take us how, how you guys got started uh, on the path here. Yeah, um, you know, I I was obviously living in Atlanta, like you said, man. I was obviously a big WCW fan. Um Growing up in the 90s was like prime time with Hogan and NWO stuff like that. Um, I wasn't really like a big WWF fan until I would say like 98, 99. Um, but that influenced me personally was e, uh, ECW because when I would catch ECW on cable access um, late at night in the basement here in Georgia. <laughs> uh, Obviously, like, my, my main influences are Terry Punk, uh, Cactus Jack, um, Sabu, Sandman, Sandman, because, like, my style of wrestling is the brawling kind of deathmatch. The ECW style, yes. Yeah, the, the real extreme type stuff. Now... Take it for those who are out there listening. Um, oh, wait a minute, he dropped off. I'm sure he'll call back. That's usually what happens when there's a double call going on. Icon has that happen a lot too when there's two people on the line. So I was going to ask him a, a question, but I'm sure he'll he'll cut uh, he'll come back on here once he realizes that he's off. Icon, if you want to shoot him a message and say that he dropped uh, the service drops, that would be that would be fantastic. It's funny. I, I bring this up. Um, I, I bring this up, and uh, you know, earlier about icons, you know, thing, and uh, happens to our guests. I, I just think it's kind of funny how the how the world works like that. It comes full circle. Um, well, we're well, we're we're waiting for them to realize that they've that they've dropped off. Uh, you know, icon. Um, do you know what it is? Uh, what I was going to ask him was uh, the idea of a death match. Obviously, they're not fighting to the death. I mean, one, that wouldn't be legal. Uh, but two, they, they wouldn't have a, a very big roster for very long. So, I mean, do you know uh, what he's saying when he says death match? Well, uh, they they are pretty extreme and pretty hardcore with their shows. And I was kind of hoping they uh, talked to us a little bit, a bit about that. Hopefully they'll call back. Uh, but did uh, you shoot him a message and tell him he, he he dropped off? I did, I did. So okay, he should call back here in a minute. But uh, well, I was gonna say, you know, with with, with death matches and things, I was also gonna ask him um, how how you can be a babyface and be an extreme wrestler. You know what I'm saying? Like, like the two just. They they don't seem to go hand in hand for me. Um, I I mean it, it seems like the like like the face would use weapons or get extreme if need be if backed into a corner yada 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 uh, or or if being attacked themselves. But weapons to me were always really sort of an in between to heal uh, category for me. So I, I did want to get well, his take I've on, seen, on, on how that I've, I've seen I've seen some baby faces do some pretty extreme hardcore matches. I mean and they do oh, it pretty well. well. I mean yeah, they oh. do it pretty well. 
They know how to use those weapons. They may be a baby face, but they know how to use those weapons, especially kendo sticks. Hmm. I mean, you know, so, you know, give them a kendo stick and, man, they can go, they can go to town. I mean, ladders, kendo sticks. I, I, I know a lot of, I know a lot of baby faces that can do, you know, an extreme, you know, rules you know match i mean they they do it pretty well they they do it very well and so it it can be done let well, me um uh, check on them here nope not on yet hopefully, uh, okay well i sent them a message hopefully they get it uh but we'll see I what guess. you what um, platform did you send it on did you send it on facebook did you send a text uh, I sent it to him on uh, Messenger. That's how uh, that's how they can Did he read it? where they're at. So, Did he huh? read it? Like, is it is his little avatar next to the message? Like, did he read it? Uh, I I hope so. You know, uh, check. It, it I mean, you got your phone up on you. Well, yeah. Well, anyways, I check it, and I haven't got a response. <laughs> For those of you who do want to call in, uh, whether it be it a guest from the extreme uh, company down there, the Southern Violence and Wrestling, or any old guest who wants to listen, uh, you can call us 713-955-0359. Again, that's 713-955-0359. The live chat is active as well. Uh, you go to Blog Talk Radio, click our show, and hit the live chat icon. Uh, send us in questions and, and things like that if you want us to, to cover on the show. If we have time, obviously, we, we will get to those. Uh, we, we try to get to them. We're usually pretty good about getting a couple of live questions and things in. But, um, but yeah, uh, I, I just I just find it funny that, um, you know, that, 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 that that's, that's the definition of irony right there, the definition of karma, that we talk about how sometimes Icon's phone drops off, whether he's making it you know, international calls or, or he's doing a three-way call kind of a thing and, and it drops off and uh, mid sentence, our, uh, our guest cuts off on us. So uh, who was also on a well, three-way you know, call? Uh, so it's kind of funny. As we're, as we're talking, as we're talking about this uh, now, uh, do you have, Oh, here they are, by the way. way. Yeah. Huh? Uh, they're back on, by the way. All right. Well, bring it back on. And I'll bring them back on first. So, uh, yeah, you guys, uh, you guys got cut off on us there for a second. It was yeah, all of a sudden there was silence. Yeah, he was in the middle of telling a story, and like I think it, it, I just like we just heard dead air. So, yeah, no, it, it, it cut off. We were like, oh, geez. Yeah. See, you'll know if we hang up because because it'll say thank you for using Blog Talk Radio. Goodbye. Like, yeah. like that's how you know it'll yeah. it'll be us. So, um, but no, I, I was I was gonna ask, um, you know. The, the the question on on for for those of you uh, we have the live chat going and things and for yeah, a lot of people who yeah, have, have been we raised have about, yeah, yeah we have about eleven minutes so go ahead and ask your question go ahead yeah well for people who have been raised on WWE and a lot of fans now it's been almost a decade and a half of this PG nonsense going on uh, who have never watched Ring of Honor never got a chance to watch ECW uh, never watched some of the some of the insane uh, you know, backyard wrestling things and whatnot. Um, can you run through us a little bit? Uh, what what exactly a death match is? Because obviously you're not fighting to the death because one that's illegal and two, uh, you know, you wouldn't have a roster for very long. So take take us through a little bit about what a death match is. 
Yeah, to me, that match, um, so a lot of people, like a lot of old school purists, um, so a lot of old school purists, they call it like garbage wrestling and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, to me, like in full of deathmatch, man, it takes a lot more um, out of, a you know, an individual that's working a match. And I, and I believe it tells a story if you do it right. Um, if you're just getting in there and you're hacking and flashing, like just to be bleeding and being stupid, then I don't feel like it tells a story and it's not a piece of art. But like if you get in there and you're bringing the fans' emotions like up and down, um, oh my God, you know he just got nailed with this, but oh there's a, there's a great counter. Uh, you know there's a certain good way of doing it, but you know it just me man means everything because like yeah sure I've got scars all over my body from the light tubes, from the whatever. Um, but to me, those scars tell a story, you know. And uh, so, that, you know, that's basically what it is to me, honestly. So how many death matches can you fight in before, you know, your body gives in? I mean, every match you have isn't isn't one of those, right? No, yeah, not every match is a death match. Um, we kind of blur the line sometimes. Like, sometimes we'll have hardcore matches. So your hardcore matches are kind of like your more kind of old-style ECW. And then now, oh, okay. and then like, when we, do a death, when we do a death match, that's when we're doing, like, the game-changer wrestling, combat zone wrestling type stuff. So, mm. you know, with the light tubes and the, and the barbed wire and being crazy as hell. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, I bet. And, and the last thing for me is, yeah. is while we were waiting for you guys to to, to uh, come back on, we yeah. were talking a little bit about um, baby faces in extreme matches. And and Granny mentioned something about the kendo stick, which is something that we do see quite often. Uh, at least you know we used to in WWE anyway. Um, now, obviously, light tubes are gonna hurt. Uh, barbed wire is gonna hurt. Things like that, or two by four boards are gonna hurt. But uh, do kendo sticks um, are, are they are they really considered a, a a vicious weapon or are they just loud? Uh, they're not really vicious. I mean, I a few months ago I took one really a really good shot from one across the head, man, and that was a that was a, that was a little bit of a wake up reality right there. <laughs> so, um, I mean, it just depends on how they're used, how tight they're pulled. Like you can you can loosen them up or you can tighten them. Um, so you know. I know when Tommy Dreamer took the shot with his back a long time ago, um, that was a that was some very that was a very tight kendo stick. I mean, it, it's mm. definitely considered vicious. It depends on how you use it. Yeah. So, ah. Yeah. Uh, Southern violence and wrestling is our guest here. We got about uh, seven minutes here with the guys, uh, so we got time to do this. Uh, if our fans wanted to uh, check you guys out, you guys got a Facebook, you got an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a GoFundMe. What do you guys got? Yeah, um, Facebook, uh, just Southern Bonds and Wrestling. It'll be the only one on there. Um, I, I kind of, like, made it like that so we didn't get confused with anybody else. Um, our Instagram is uh, Wrestling Official. And on Twitter, I'm gonna pull that up. I can't remember all this stuff sometimes, man. So, um, our Twitter is at SBW underscore official. So, any of those outlets, and obviously Fight TV, 
every single month. It's free. All you need is a free account. Search Southern Violence and Wrestling, and you can find all of our shows we've uploaded on there. And, uh, you know, with this whole COVID stuff, we all know that it sucks and all that. But, uh, you know, how many shows have you guys had to uh, uh, postpone or how many shows have you lost? And uh, with that being said, if our our fans wanted to check you out, when's your next show? Where's it at? How can they get tickets? Give us the skinny. Uh, um, our next show is uh, Saturday. It's this coming Saturday, actually, um, at the Southern Brewing Company in Athens, Georgia. And uh, we sell all of our tickets at the door. Um, we just find it easier to do that way. Uh, we don't have to pay, like, ticket fees for ticket services and stuff like that. Um, and since the COVID, the, the COVID shutdown happened in mid-March here in Georgia, um, and then it happened in Florida around the same time. So that ruined our uh, WrestleMania week show. We were actually headed down there to do a show um, on Thursday of WrestleMania week. And then we lost uh, May, the May show. So we actually, we only ended up losing two shows here. But, uh, we were able to resume in June, and we've been going ever since. And uh, I got to throw this out, guys. Uh, I, I sent you an, aud- uh, uh, an address. Hopefully, uh, if you can, uh, we got a big giveaway show coming up in uh, December. Uh, if you guys would be able to send us some autographs with some wrestlers or uh, whatever whatever you can do uh, for our uh, for our fans, we'd appreciate it. And uh, yeah, the other thing I'm going to ask you is, if the icon can get out to one of your shows, you think maybe you can uh, – Get him in, maybe get a backstage pass, maybe let him do some uh, 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 ring announcing for uh, tickets for trade, something like that. What do you think? Yeah, man, that sounds good. We're we're down with anything, man. It sounds cool, really. So, <laughs> um, we we're you know just that kind of company, man. Anything that'll involve anybody, we're cool with it. And the other thing we'll let you guys do, uh, whenever you guys have shows, if you guys want to uh, post them on our uh, Facebook page, Off the Ropes, uh, you guys are free to do that. We'll promote the heck out of it for you. And uh, hopefully we can have you guys on again. And one uh, quick question. we got about three minutes here left here. Uh, we would like to have you guys on again. Uh, and uh, hopefully there there won't be any phone issues. Of course, we're, we're accustomed to that here on the show. But, uh, to the champ, who uh, on the next show, who are you going to be facing and uh, how bad are you going to beat the guy up? And who is it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Come on Saturday, August 8th, I get to face a very, very, very infamous adversary that has been a thorn in my side, Justin Legend. And for the biggest of all big things that's going to happen, it's career versus career with the title on the line. So, One's going to say, and one's going to say, say la vida, wrestling, all in general. And obviously, you know that your story, A-Rod, the SCW two-time champ, is going to still be the champ, still have his career. Goodbye, Justin. And, uh, Goodbye. and here's one thing. Uh, we have a great record on the show. Uh, any wrestler that's been a champ or went for a championship or um, – is defending their title after they've been on our show. We have never had a loss. So we are at, get this, we are the perfect 
uh, 23,000 and O. So you cannot oh, let Jesus. us down. Yeah, oh, you cannot oh, let oh, us down. What down. is this, like Goldberg? Is this like Goldberg inflation numbers? I mean, what what is... <laughs> Hey, look, we have we have not. We're had probably a loss. in the we're probably in the hundreds. He is correct. We have not had a loss, but I mean that is that is uh that, that that's like spaceship numbers. Yeah, well, well hey, it's, all, it's over fly. it's over a five year time frame, so you well, can't let true, it down. But you gotta still, keep right? It's gonna keep so anyway. But I'll tell you what, guys, we, we appreciate uh, you being on with us. We do have more question stuff for you. Uh, we are hoping that uh, uh, if uh, you guys will uh, uh, be able to, we'd love to have you guys on again. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Y'all want to so All right. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll be in contact with you the next open day we have. We'll have you guys on with us. And uh, hopefully you can bring a few uh, more roster members like uh, – Maybe you guys can bring a heel that can go against Granny, and Granny can uh, give him what for. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, let me share well, a little what... story with him real quick, Icon. Let me... real quick. I had a heel yeah. one time get in my face, and he says, Granny, don't you have a curfew at the nursing home? Now, I'm 57 years old. This was probably about three years ago, so I would have been 54. And I grabbed my keys out of my purse, and I doubled up my fist, and I had my keys in my hand, and I doubled up my fist, and I threw my fist in his face. I said, baby, I don't need no curfew. I got keys to the building. And he ran off screaming. (laughs) Granny would love to talk smack to some of your heels down there. I think I would have a lot of fun talking some smack to some of your heels down there. Yeah, I'll get you some some good ones on next time. Awesome. We'll take them. Well, I'll tell you what, guys. We want to thank you for joining us. You're awesome. And we will definitely have you on again and bring some heels with you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Have a good one, dude. All right. Thank you all. All See you, man. So, yeah, that was Take care, guys. Yeah. So, uh, the icon gets it done again. You You cannot stop who I'm bringing on the show. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, uh, we'll keep it going. Uh, let me know when our next guest comes on, and we'll. They, uh, they are. We'll on. Write they've them. been on for about. They've been on for about three and a half minutes. So yes, they are. All on. right. Well, if you want, if you want to put them on, I'll go ahead and uh, introduce them, and then we'll have some fun. For sure. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, she is the epitome of what burlesque dancing should be, and she's going to tell us all about it. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the very lovely and talented, she is the Alabaster Disaster. Hey, this is the Alabaster Disaster. You're listening to the Attitude Arrow Live with the hosts, the Icon, the Big Swing, and Granny Hulkster. So how are you tonight? We want to thank you for joining us tonight. How's it going tonight? Good, good. Just working on a on an art project. So it was nice to have a little bit of a, a break here. Awesome. Well, here's what we're going to do. Uh, I'm going to ask you a few questions, and we'll kind of go around the room here, and uh, we'll uh, have some fun with you. We have the Alabaster Disaster on with us. We have about 28 minutes with you. Uh 
first off, my question is, how did you get the cool moniker, the Alabaster Disaster? I know, but you got to let our fans know. <laughs> well, so um, an old boyfriend of mine, his uh, one of his friends referred to me as a, as an Alabaster Disaster. I thought it was pretty catchy, and then, you know, with all with all good monikers, you almost have to do a little bit of research to make sure everything checks out that they're not a uh, you know, finding a good way to <laughs> good way to insult you. But it was uh but I looked it up on Urban Dictionary and you know, the the definition was a bunch of uh you know, like a, a bunch of white kids that can't really dance. So I mean I'm a little bit awkward, I'm a little bit clumsy and, you know, I'm the alabaster disaster, baby. <laughs> and if you could I'm going to ask you a couple questions, and we'll go around the room, then we'll come back to me. I'm going to ask you the tough questions. But uh, if you could, let our fans know the difference between a burlesque dancer and a stripper. Let us know. Okay. Well, I mean, we are in the same family, but uh, a burlesque dancer makes a, makes a lot less money. <laughs> now, we're uh, – so the – but the art of burlesque is more—it's more of a tease, you know. Like we uh, we're very oriented towards, you know, having some decadent costuming. You know, we got to have a little bit extra razzle dazzle, more glitter, more rhinestones, some luxurious feathers. Um, we have a lot of choreography, so I mean, we practice our routines, and uh, yeah, have a have a set choreography, I guess. That so it's is kind awesome. of a, yeah. That is awesome. We have the Alabasters after we have 26 minutes here with uh, uh, our favorite gal. Now, uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to pause for a little second here, and uh, I'm going to I'm going to say my cool questions for the end. But Granny, what do you have for our guest, the Alabasters after? And she's not a heel; she's a she is a baby face, as they would say. What do you have for our guest, the Alabasters after? Go ahead, uh, Granny. Well, I. What you know, kind of take us through, you know, what made you decide you wanted to become a dancer? I mean, I I think it's amazing. I mean, I like to watch people dance, you know, and and things. I mean, personally, I wouldn't do anything like that, but that's okay. <laughs> that's not me. But what what made you decide that you wanted to become a burlesque dancer? Well, a couple of my friends, well. My friend Anytime Jones and I, we would we we'd be hanging out, and actually Amanda Standalone, we were kind of the three who who decided that we wanted to, you know, I guess we wanted to shake our tail feathers, and you know, I wanted to find a way to do it, and it's a good, you know, there's always strength in numbers, but um, we all kind of were talking about how we're all kind of old souls, and we've always been, you know, attracted to the old school glamorama, and. Yeah, I guess, you know, we'd be watching old girly videos and stuff like that, and, you know, there's a certain, like, innocence to it, you know. It's more of a socially acceptable, well, I guess it's a little bit more uh, more socially acceptable version of of stripping. But, um, yeah, my, uh, my, well, anytime Jones and I, we started out by watching some, some videos and reading up on it. There was a really good book with um, that Joan Weldon came out with, and she is a dancer out in New York. And we took actually wound up taking a class from her too. She was a really interesting lady, and I think I mean she can peel out of sweatpants and make it look good. 
know? Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. That's the Alabaster Disaster is our guest here. We got we got twenty four minutes here with the Alabaster Disaster. Uh Grant, you have another question or uh, should we move on to the big swing? I can't wait to see what he's gonna ask. Big swing, are you there? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. I was just waiting for Granny to uh, see if she had one more or not. But okay, um, so I was looking at uh, some of this. I am you are on YouTube, uh, as as I see here. Um, and, and I was actually watching the video uh, from 2011 um, from the. And for those of you, the Alabaster disaster. You type that into YouTube. It's the first thing that comes up. The Minneapolis Burlesque and Cabaret Social Club's tribute to Cole Porter. I was watching that, and you had the little cowboy hat set up and, and the whole thing. And um, Sort of to, to piggyback off of Granny's question, uh, you know, what what kind of made you want to, to do it? What did you like about the dancing aspect of it? I mean, what, what were some of the things that sort of drew you excuse me, drew you to this this profession. I, I mean, was it something you've, you've always wanted to do? Did you dance a lot as a kid or did something come along in your life that made you say, Hey, this is something I can do and I want to do, or sort of take us through a little bit more of a detailed background. Okay. Um, I guess I always did kind of dance around as a kid. I, uh, I was always kind of a weird kid. I'd always, I was kind of an only child that lived out in the country. So it was one of those things where, you know, you'd play dress up and kind mm-hmm. of entertain yourself. But um, I guess with the burlesque, I've always been, I've always liked old school pinups. You know, I like the playful nature of them, you know, and I also, you know, and I was also kind of a theater kid. I was kind of like a, like one of the rare quiet theater kids, which doesn't happen very often. But um, it's, so burlesque is essential, like started out essentially as like a, a poor man's theater you know, so it was kind of body. It was kind of inappropriate, but I mean, I don't know. And I guess I, I kind of, I kind of like all those things. You know, I like being a little bit inappropriate. Mm-hmm. You know, tongue in cheek sense of humor, um, even mm-hmm. while putting together, um, you know, a routine. Like I guess um, one of the classes or one of the performers that we performed with years ago. Um, the stage door Johnny's, they, they put on like a, they had kind of a class and they kind of, you know, told us, let us in on some of their secrets. And um, one of them made a, a comment that a successful burlesque game can be explained within one sentence, you know? And uh, yeah. And I guess, I don't know. I always kind of have a little bit of an inappropriate sense of humor. Um, and that all kind of it all translates really well on stage. Does that does that help? Okay. Yes, yeah, yeah. actually, yes, it does. <laughs> yeah, that is awesome. We have the uh, Alabaster Disaster here. Uh, we got about uh, twenty minutes with uh, the Alabaster Disaster. Now I'm going to ask you a couple. Uh, uh, I'm going to ask some hard hitting questions, and uh, if you, oh boy. Uh, I'll understand if you don't want to answer them, but we'll 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 go with it. First off, okay. now if I'm not he's going to ask for phone uh, number too, by the way. What's that? I already have her phone. I already have her phone number. It doesn't. I'm not going to ask that. Uh, now uh, <laughs> you already got that covered. <laughs> yeah. Now, now correct me if I'm wrong. The company that you work for, or used to work for, or started out with was called Bad Weather Burlesque. Is that correct? Yep. 
Now, are you are you guys are they still around? Are you still with them or? Um. Well, I I kind of stopped dancing for a while. I guess I was looking for more green for greener pastures, I guess. But uh, but it did go on for a couple years afterwards. Um, they they are inactive right now, but we still have our Facebook page and everything. Um, there's been since then. There's been a couple more um, troops that have kind of popped up out of the woodwork. Um, you know, and there's also, yeah, I mean, like it eventually kind of dissolved, I guess, unfortunately, whether it was people moving away or doing their own thing. And you know, I was, uh, I, yeah, I, you know, I, uh, as as you know, uh, I was a big uh, supporter of all your shows. I did not miss one. Uh, and Definitely. as a matter of fact, uh, you can uh, you can uh, help uh, uh, add some truth to this. Uh, the icon uh, took one of the uh, the more famous pictures of you with uh, the little wardrobe malfunction. If you remember that, <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, uh, I I you know, it, it just so happened my my phone camera or whatever I can't remember what camera it was I had at the time, but it just clicked at the right time. And you uh, now when you are dancing, and mm-hmm. that does happen. Uh, what is g- your general cover up uh, when something like that happens? When something pops off or pops out? Well, that's a good question. It's it's all uh, improvisation, <laughs> you know. You uh, find something to cover up with, or else uh, make it a joke. Because um, generally, what? Because I finally found out, like the perfect adhesive was Elmer's spray adhesive. That's like the ultimate like pasty keeper honor. <laughs> you know, we'd uh we try with uh, you know, double sided tape or spirit gum and you know, it's not the most pleasant thing to get off, but <laughs> usually you can find something to to stick or else just uh, you know, cover up with a hand or a fan or whatever kind of prop you have available. Now, with uh, uh, you know, like I've said, I've I've seen a lot of your shows. Uh, now you have, um, if I'm not mistaken, you have uh, four or five different uh, uh, dance uh, routines that you do uh, in your shows. Correct? Or yep. uh, am I discounting how many you have? Oh, it's it's somewhere around there. And uh, you, better than others, so. <laughs> They stuck around. Now you, now you had mentioned that uh, you uh, you're uh, not dancing currently. Are you are you going to be getting back into that, or uh, are you uh, retired, or just taking a break? You know, first I was thinking that I was retired, that I was you know that I was that I was done with it, and then you know every once in a while, like there's like I'll hear a song that's just too good to like pass up. It's one of those where it's like, God, that would be such a good routine. That'd be perfect for a routine. And then, you know, or else I'll see like a prop, you know, I've, I've been eyeballing this big feather boa that, that popped up on my, I don't know if it popped up on my timeline or if one of the burlesque dancers I followed, you know, they posted some company that they were working with or that they were promoting or what that they used to get their props and, 
we actually had a plan to do a big 10-year anniversary show because 2020 marks the 10-year mark of, you know, starting a modern burlesque troupe in Fargo, or in North Dakota, I should even say. And thanks, COVID. <laughs> that uh, unfortunately won't be happening this fall, but maybe we're, we're hoping to get that... Uh, to get that started maybe next year when we can all congregate or, you know, try to pack a house. Well, uh, maybe like, you know, you, you mentioned your 10 year anniversary. So maybe this year because of COVID, it can be like the nine and a half year. And then next year it can be like the 10th anniversary. Ooh, that'd be perfect. And then uh, maybe uh, you can get uh, the action on maybe some guest tickets or a guest spot, maybe like do some announcing or something for you. Cause that when I, when I announced you, when you came on, I was kind of auditioning for you. Oh, for sure. I mean, that would be a given. Of course you'd have like a VIP seat. Well, I mean, I know who go, I'm, guys. I, I'm popular. <laughs> <laughs> we have the Alabaster disaster here. We have uh 15 minutes here with, uh, the uh, the lovely lady here that we love and we do appreciate you taking time out of your schedule uh, to join us. Um, so maybe you can kind of take us through, uh, you know, you mentioned that, uh, you know, you hear a song and then you, you come up with a routine. My question is, uh, is it, uh, does the song make uh, you think of what costume or routine to dance to, or does the costume uh, go into the routine and the song, or what are generally your steps on when you come up with um, your uh, routine? Oh, that's a really good question. I mean, yeah, like I said, sometimes a, a song will just kind of pop out at you, or else uh, you'll see a prop, and it's just, you know, and you think, oh, that's too good to pass up. There was a there was one routine that I did that was a, it was a hillbilly bathtub number. And, uh, and it's kind of one of my favorites. It's a, it's to a red Foley, um, Tennessee Saturday night. And I always kind of like the idea of, or at least I make jokes about, you know, like the old, uh, you know, I guess Saturday night being bath night or whatever. And I found this, uh, I found an old wash tub and I was, thinking about this scene in the movie cry baby with Iggy pop taking a, taking a bath and, you know, his, his wash tub cause it was Saturday night. And I figured, you know, what would be, what would be better for a burlesque routine, you know? Um, or else sometimes you hear a song, like I used to do little red riding hood and I'd have a, you know, I'd had a really bad habit of dating guitar players <laughs> <laughs> so I would have them play the song live and uh you know and that was a blast. So I mean it would start out with a song, you know, it could start out with a prop. I guess even if it's just uh you know watching like your favorite movie and there's a I don't know, something just kind of pops out. I it's really kind of tough to explain. Well, I guess you know if uh, if I were to do a dance routine, uh, the song that would uh, be fit uh, me best would be "Here's My Number, Call Me Maybe." Um, Ooh, you know. There you go. I mean, if you, yeah, if you could put a dance to that, I mean, you know, it's like writing down a number, handing it out, and then bringing it back, you know, something like that. Uh, Ooh, good. <laughs> uh, the Alabaster Disasters, I guess. Here we got twelve minutes here left with. Uh, um, our 
famous burlesque dancer here. So since, uh, you know, you've kind of taken a break in, uh, you know, with COVID, since you're not really able to do any shows or anything, what, uh, what do you use to keep your busy, uh, yourself busy with these days? I think you're a well, writer, aren't you, for a magazine or something? I am. Yep, I'm the editor for the High Plains Reader, and that's been on a bit of a hiatus, too. So I guess I've just been trying to work on some, some art projects. I've been doing some leather tooling, you know, and just been uh, doing some traditional uh, paper cutting. I do some – I'm a two-dimensional artist as well, so I mean I do I do a bunch of weird – do a bunch of weird stuff to keep myself occupied. <laughs> well, I'm just kind of curious. You mentioned uh, you said leather or something. Yep, leather tooling. So it's kind of like when you what see like a like the when you see like the elaborate like a uh, floral patterns on like a saddle or on a really cool belt. It's, uh-huh. it's yeah, it's pretty much using um, different tools to put various dents in the leather. It's, and it's kind of almost like the crossroads between two dimensional and three dimensional. It's kind of a, it's a traditional Western folk craft. I was, I was watching a, a movie on, a on custom, the custom car movement. And I, you know, I don't really have any mechanical skills. So I figured that I, you know, if I wanted to make something really cool, I'd make a leather seat for my bike, which I haven't yet, but I did figure out how to tool it. <laughs> So, uh, the Alabaster Disaster is our guest here. we got 10 minutes. Uh, so, let me ask you this. Now, uh, are you going to uh, – do you custom-make leather stuff for people? Uh, like, if someone wanted you to design them something and, like, pay, like, $500 to make them, like, uh, a bicycle seat or a belt or something, uh, do you do that, or are you not to that point yet? Oh, yeah, I do. I, um, I've done some custom guitar straps and, like uh, – different like gauntlets and bracelets and belts and stuff like that. So I haven't quite figured out the art of making a a bike seat yet, but I'm, I'm improving my skills every day. Well, I'll tell you what, here's what I'm going to do here real quick. Uh, I'm going to bring granny on first and we're going to bring big swing back. Now, granny, I'm going to ask you if uh, there's something in leather that you would want, uh, uh, if, if she could do it and you'd pay her, what would you what would you want custom made for you? And I'll ask Big Swing the same thing. Then it will come back to me and I'll uh, tell her what I'd like. Great. What would you I have, like? In, in I have form? no idea. I can't. I really have no idea. Okay. Well, that kind of that kind of that kind of like kind of a showstopper. You kind of act like Shawn Michaels there, but Big Swing, how about you? No, I don't. I don't have any idea. I mean, I really don't. So. <laughs> you, you said leather. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, icon. It should be obvious. Uh, a pair of pants with the ass cut out, of course. Well, I don't. I mean, of I don't well, can you can you make clothes? Well, it depends. So, like, the thing with, with tooled leather, there has to be a certain um, thickness in a way that it's treated. So then, mm. like, it takes the moisture in. And it's kind of a really interesting um, – it's an interesting medium because it's really – it's very sculptural. My inner heart like a wallet. Kind of, oh, I could definitely make a wallet. Oh, a wallet would be cool. Okay. Well, well, wallet could work. Here, here, here's, and, I, and I'd pay for it. You tell me what you would charge for it. Um, 
Because, you know... Uh, Don't you know, say a sculpture of yourself time. made out of leather, please. No, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Alabaster Disaster has known me for a long time, and she knows I'm a big fan. Uh, my thing would be, if if you could do it, make me a belt with black leather with my name on it, I-C-O-N, you know, uh, so it would stand out, and I'd, I'd wear it everywhere. What would you oh, charge yeah. me for that? Well, I mean... We could we could work something out. Because you, you I, know you know I have not I've not missed any one of your shows. I'll tell you what my favorite show uh, that you've ever done, and see if you remember it, uh, is when uh, you were you guys were performing, and it's where I took the famous picture. So you, I'm sure you remember it. Uh, it was during the uh, grind flicks session. <laughs> and then Randall wound up wearing my pasty as a little hat. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> How can I forget? <laughs> now, now, Icon, if she can make if she can make a wallet for me, that would be cool because my husband needs a new wallet. So you know, a good leather wallet. So I would take a wallet for my husband. You know. So. Well, I'll tell I you what. Um, well, I'll tell you what. Here's what I'll do. I will uh, uh, at the end of the uh, probably tomorrow because I, I know it's uh, well you're in the same time zone as I am but I know that you got to get up early and everything but here's what I'll do uh, I'd be willing to uh, help uh, pay for that so that uh, I would I would uh, I would give you the funding you can make me a belt and we can make a big swing and Granny a wallet or whatever. Uh, and uh, we can. Uh, it's kind of spoiling the surprise, but what the hell? I, I I'm a sucker for spoiling surprises. But uh, maybe <laughs> we could uh, do that as a Christmas thing for them. Uh, make oh, her husband cool. a wallet. Make Big Swing a wallet. Very cool. Now, do you, do you have the uh, you have you do have the ability to like stamp in their names and stuff, right? Oh, definitely. I have a yeah. I have a letter stamps for that, and I mean, I can do. Um, you know, I can hand carve some scrolls or flowers, or I could even do a pinup girl if you'd like. Now, Granny, I know you like to have your husband have a wall with a pinup girl. I know you would like that. That'd be awesome. <laughs> well, she can put his name she's on she's it, speechless. you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we have the, the – this is a fun interview. I love this. We have the Alabaster. We have about five minutes left. So – um now, I would like to see the big swing in Pacey. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've taught, some, I've taught some men how to twirl tassels in my day. I had a, I used to, um, well, I used to dance in Wapton on occasion, and I think I taught about half the fire department how to twirl tassels. So if they could do it. Really? You could oh, yeah. No, well, I'll tell you what. Maybe, uh, maybe uh, one time uh, in the fall, I, I, I could do it. Now, let me ask you this. Speaking of that, now, uh, do you uh, do you teach burlesque, or have you had any classes? Like, if anybody wants to get into it, how, how would they get into it? What would you su- What would you suggest to them if they, if someone listening wants to get into becoming a burlesque dancer? What would you tell them? What advice? Um. So I guess what uh, you know, how I got started, I watched a lot of videos i mean i i read up on it um there's a lot more resources now because i mean like i said we've been doing it for a little bit over 10 years um 
yeah, there's a bunch of really good resources. There's even more now. Um, go to as many burlesque shows as you possibly can, and you know, and you know, kind of uh, think to yourself what you like and what you don't like. I mean, um, I don't know. And, so, and sometimes it's kind of cool just to kind of think about like what your ideal performance would be, and you know, and how you can, I guess, how to manifest that. Uh, the Alabaster disaster. Yes, we uh, unfortunately we only have uh, three minutes left, and uh, we do uh, we do love you very much. And I know that uh, I've kind of taken over the interview, which I I do from time to time, basically always. But uh, if our fans wanted to uh, check you out and see what you're doing, I know that Big Swing starting on YouTube. But uh, how about you? What do you got? You got YouTube, a Facebook, an Instagram, a Twitter, a Twitch, a GoFundMe. Uh, what do you got? Well. Um... So I have an Instagram, but it's under my uh, yeah, it's under my regular name, Sabrina Horning. Um, that covers a little bit of everything. Um, I have a page on Facebook too um, for the Alabaster disaster, and I need to be more active on that. I need to. I'm uh, I'm actually also working on setting up a, a Patreon, and that will have some of my writing and I guess ventures on the back roads of the prairie i guess and maybe you know maybe some some maybe the the alabaster disaster needs to ride again i think it's i think it's about time and uh any idea when the uh the high plains radar will be uh back circulating again have they, have they told you or is it still up in the air or you can't say um we were shooting for september so um I'm not sure if that's like a, you know, like a definite for sure, but uh, there's talk about it. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping we get back, back to business. You know, it's a heck of a time to, for a newspaper to be out of print. There's been a lot of, a lot of stuff happening this year, man. 2020, 2020 vision wasn't all it's cracked up to be. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. (laughs) Well, well, I'll tell you what, uh, the Alabaster Disaster is our guest here. We have about 30 seconds. Um, we do uh, we do appreciate you taking time out of your schedule. You're awesome, and uh, uh, we'll, uh, I'll uh, hook up with you probably tomorrow about uh, uh, seeing what you'd uh, charge me to make uh, these guys uh, a couple wallets and me an icon belt. And, uh, you know, uh, like I say, you know, the first time you I weighed 420 pounds, and I weigh uh, about 200 pounds, so I don't have that big waist, so it won't be as much leather as it used to be, but uh, I will definitely hook up with you, and we'll get that taken care of, and uh, we do appreciate you know, all you do for us, and we thank you. Oh, fantastic. Thanks for Thanks for chatting with me. We love you. Thank you so much, Sabrina. Have a great night. Thank you. All right. Love you guys. Have a good night. The Alabaster Disaster, ladies and gentlemen, the lovely Sabrina Horning. All right. So, hey, what did you guys think of that? Was that was that not a fun interview or what? Huh? Was that awesome? That's pretty good. <laughs> Different. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll probably get you guys some wallets. You know, I mean, that would be or something. I, I mean, you got to put on the spot with that. I really I had to think about that one for a minute, but only thing I could think of probably would be that. But anyway, I kind of do have what appears to be. The third guest on with us, uh, again, we are live until midnight Eastern Standard Time, uh, or at least by the area. And big swing, you're cutting out a little bit, so. Oh, uh, sorry, but better. 
Um, yeah, fellow New Yorker here, at least based on the area code that I can tell. So I can, uh, I'll, I'll put them through. Uh, you can do your thing, and we'll talk to them. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, she is the actress that we all watched. She is the reason why autofocus was as successful as it is. She is the one that made Robert De Niro famous. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Donna Marie Recco. <laughs> hi, hi everyone. This is Donna Marie Recco, and you're listening to Attitude Era Live. With our host, the icon, the big swing, and Granny Holster. <laughs> Thanks for having me. How are you? Uh, now, I'm going <laughs> to, uh, what we're going to do here, uh, and you know, I love you very much. You know that. Um, but I know I'm definitely not in your league. It's like Major League, Little League. But what, what we're going <laughs> to do is give us a little background about your career, and then we'll ask you okay. some questions that we'll do around the table, and I'll ask you the tough questions. Oh wow! Okay, good. I like I like this format. Um, so, well, first of all, thank you for having me on your show. It's a great show, and uh, it's an honor to to be here. Um, so, my background. Should I start with my background, like my Hollywood, my Hollywood background? Like, yeah, yeah. What what kind of brought me to Hollywood? Yeah. So, um, well, early on in 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 my career, um, I was I was modeling. I was living in Paris and you know, going to New York City, and, and I was modeling, and um, I was going out on auditions for commercials. It was sort of like the step up, and I wasn't booking any commercials, and uh, my agent said, you know, maybe, you know, because you get callbacks, but you don't book the commercials, so maybe take an acting class, and I was like, yeah, that's a great idea, and, um, you know, it was always sort of something that I wanted to do, but I was just too shy to admit that I wanted to be an actress. But once I took this class, um, it was a game changer. I really, I really loved participating in the class, and um, I didn't realize what, how much skill is involved in sort of recreating like a real emotion. You know, because you can fake it, you know, and it'll only get you so far, but if you can create a real organic emotion and like maybe really cry or really laugh or really feel something and it just be real instead of faking it, then, then you've got a shot and it helps who, you know, and you know, I didn't know anybody. I was just this kid from Brooklyn, but um, early on I did, um, I did uh, some theater, but you know, early on, as you know, I, I did book that, that, that role opposite Robert De Niro and I hadn't really done much acting on the screen before I I booked that role. So that was a real blessing, like unbelievable um, breakthrough story because I know a lot of name actresses were sort of up for that role. But I think that um, Bobby, um, who I met at the callback, I think he kind of had sort of like uh, what I call, geographical nepotism I was the only actress that was really from Brooklyn <laughs> and so I think that's what helped me land the part but yeah that was that was early on in my career and I and I lived in LA I lived in Hollywood and you know 
it was uh, a lot of auditions and a lot of rejection, but, you know, I did a lot of guest star work on BE and I did some movies and it, it was a lot of fun. Looking back, I, 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 I have no regrets. I love my Hollywood career. And even though maybe I'm uh, sort of segueing into another career right now uh, in the medical industry, um, just because I felt this calling a couple of years back, um, I'll, I'll always act. You know, I just shot a movie um, two summers ago with um, Ed Burns, who uh, had worked with before on a, on, a, on a series for TNT. And so, and that, that's in post-production that I'll be coming out. And also I shot a, a film with um, Lilo Brancato, who uh, is just such a, I'm going to say, such a badass in life and on the screen. He's I admire him a lot, but I know he's gotten to some, some scrapes uh, along the way, but um really proud to say that he's an amazing human being and we have a movie coming out. So, yeah, that's uh, that's my background. I don't know if I answered your question. <laughs> no. uh, Donna Marie is our guest here. We have, we have about uh, 35 minutes here with uh, Donna Marie. Uh, like I say, I have a lot of questions I'm going to ask. Um, Mm -hmm. Uh, basically what we're going to do is, uh, we'll kind of, uh, we'll kind of change, flip the format a little bit. Uh, we'll let granny ask a question. Then we'll let, uh, Mm -hmm. we'll let big swing ask a couple questions. Then we're going to come back to me and I'm going to ask you the questions that I've been dying to ask you. Uh, (laughs) what do you got for our guest? Donna Marie Reco. She's a, she's an actress. She's beautiful. And she's lovely. What do you got? Well, what, what was your most favorite movie that you ever did in your career? Or one of your favorites? Besides this one. Besides this one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I have different favorites for different reasons. But the first one that popped in my head was a movie, uh, a comedy, that uh, is called A View from the Top. And it stars uh, Gwyneth Paltrow and... Mark Ruffalo is the love interest. Um, uh, Christina Applegate, <clears throat> Kelly Preston, they had roles in it as well. Um, Candace Bergen, oh, meeting her was incredible. Um, but that be, I mean, for for reasons that are personal to me, um, I really, really enjoyed that that shoot because of the camaraderie with the women. Um, I felt really welcomed. Um, it was, you know, it was a scene. It was a very light scene, but it was with all the girls. And um, it was just a lot of fun being around um, just successful, smart women in the industry that really just just took me in and, and treated me as, as one of their own. Um, I'll just never forget it, and I and I thank them. And Gwen Paltrow at the time, I know, um, and she wouldn't mind me saying this, but she had she had she was struggling, um, you know, great tremendous loss. Um, she had just lost her father. Um, she had you know this project that she had to complete, and um, you know just a lot a lot was going on. And uh, and I was certified in grief recovery. Um, that's a whole other story, but, um, I really got to, um, I guess I had some moments where I, I was using my, my training and therapeutic communication and 
I mean, it was just a, an opportunity for me to be of service to her in, in the moments that we had, you know, not many, but in the makeup room and just some downtime. And it was just a really great experience overall, uh, I, I, I have to say. Uh, That's awesome. Here goes our guest here. We have, we have about uh, 32 minutes. Uh, uh, Don, I want to introduce you to uh, our other co-host. Uh, his name is Big Swing, and uh, mm. I'm sure he's uh, seen a few movies that you've been in. But uh, Big Swing, what do you got for our guest? Donna Marie Recco. Go ahead. Well, I actually am quite the movie enthusiast. I um, Throughout my, mm-hmm. my journalism classes in college, I actually took a lot of you know film classes and film reviews. <laughs> Film review classes, but no, I kind of actually wasn't going to go the movie route. I actually was going to uh, go the route uh, being a, a fellow New Yorker. I live a little bit more upstate, uh, up by Albany. But um, how, how did how did everything go with you uh, down there, being in the city uh, when this whole COVID thing happened? Because uh, I mean, again, up here, not too much really changed. But I can imagine being in the city, it would it would be pretty hectic. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it was it was hectic. Um I had a unique I had a unique um opportunity to be um a registered nurse. I got oh, wow. my license on um yeah, yeah, it's just really really the timing. Um I had been in school. Uh, I took my time, uh but that last year was grueling and I really bunkered down and I got my license on March 17th of 2020. So I um, was paralyzed by fear to start practicing in my field because I was caring for my mom at the time. She was just diagnosed with COPD. She had, you know, she was on oxygen with a nasal cannula. And, you know, there was just a, this new medical condition in in my immediate uh vicinity you know but that's my mom and so um it was a very very scary time being in new york being at the epicenter of um you know the 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 pandemic right the global pandemic and just being in new york where all the um you know everything is happening um but what i did do is i just i couldn't um be a new nurse and not and just stand by idly. Um, so I took care of my mom, but you know when I could and I did, I, I went out there and I, I I worked the COVID unit at a facility uh, in Queens. Um, and when I wasn't doing that, I was working at a local facility in Brooklyn. And it was a, it was a scary time, but at that time there was treatment. And I'm not going to get into politics of it, but everybody, um, I didn't see, I didn't see a lot of tragic deaths or intubations and ventilations. And I didn't see a lot of that. I didn't see any of that. I'll be honest. I didn't see any of it. Um, uh, But um, shortly after things calmed down, I relocated. So I'm living, um, I I don't live in New York right now. Um, As of July, uh, I live in a nice town in New Jersey near my cousins to raise my son in suburbia. (laughs) Uh A lot of big changes uh, right now. Yeah. But it was, 
very uh, bipolar, I'll say. It was the narrative was bipolar, right? Just just getting around, mm-hmm. like you know, um, sanitizing everything, but also me being out there in a hazmat suit, caring for people who are positive with COVID, doing everything I can not to bring it home. So it was just everything. Just the dynamics were just really, really bipolar. I I don't know if that answers your question, but you know, it was yeah, me I was going just out because I. Well, because no being up here in Albany, uh, we can get hit uh, very hard. I mean, uh, there are other upstate communities. Uh, I just know, you know being a, and a you know season ticket holder and things, I go to the city a lot. And, uh, you know, obviously I haven't, you know, since March since this whole thing happened. But just being on the front lines and being in what was at one point the epicenter, uh, you know, was, was pretty interesting to me because uh, we don't, Surprisingly, the show is based. The show is based out of New York, uh, at the radio studio up here in Albany. But we don't get to talk to a lot of New Yorkers very often. So, uh, so that's why I was, uh, was kind of curious about what it, what it was down there, what it was like. So, yeah, it was it was it was a ghost town for for a long while, you know, for a long. Which while. is shocking. The, the most populated city in the country. That that that's got to be that's got to yeah. be kind of eerie. It was very eerie. It really was. You know, um, the highways, the, the traffic, it was, it was ghost town. Um, yeah. But it, the day to day for me is I was just in and out all the time. Right. So I wasn't getting the, the cabin fever that most people got. Yeah. Uh, Donna Marie Rickles, our guest here. We got about uh, 27 minutes here left with Donna. So, uh, you know, we uh you know, we talk about what you're doing now, uh, but what I if we can, uh I'd like to circle back and uh talk to you about some of your film roles and I've seen many of your films. Now, uh mm-hmm. just uh just so we uh, can stay under the radar, uh mm-hmm. I'm gonna ask you about a few actors that uh, you're on set with and uh, I'm gonna mm-hmm. ask you what you thought of uh working with them, but I'm gonna use some of their aliases from movies that they've been in. Uh, and hopefully uh, you know who I, I'm talking about. But my first one mm. is, what was it like being on the uh, on the set with Jack Burns? <laughs> um, well, okay. Um, I I didn't realize we had to be under the radar. But that's that's okay. Cool. But I, I don't really have anything um, negative to say about actually anyone that I've worked on, but um, particularly Mr. Burns. Um, you know, really classy guy. I had met him prior at a award ceremony, believe it or not, um, and got introduced to him. Um, and uh, just very, very classy, um, classy gentleman. I, I'll say I, that that was my experience. And um, and then working with him. Um, was really uh, an honor. So now, he's basically so, so he's wait, basically completely polar opposite. We're going you're going out a little bit. Hey there. So 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 he's basically a polar opposite compared to the characters he plays in. Correct. Yeah 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 exactly. Um, he um, because the scene required this is. With him required me being very 
sort of turned off and uninterested, if you remember. And then his character was very, like, kind of posturing and um, sort of uh, aggressive and kind of like a jerk, you know, um, was this character. That it was funny because having met him prior and then seeing him on set and then reintroducing myself and I said, you know, we had met through so-and-so and he says, oh, that's right. It's so nice to, to see you uh, here. Um, it didn't really, <laughs> conversation really didn't go outside of that because he was so in character. And so it, it kind of um, spearheaded me to be in character that we really didn't have much to say to each other. It was, I don't know if that makes any and, sense, uh, but... Yeah, we and had, uh, you know, you also you also got to be on set with uh, a gentleman I've had the uh, had the chance to meet, uh, mm. uh, and uh, played a little golf with the individual. Uh, I'll just give him his name. It's, it's Billy Crystal. He uh, was the director of one of my all-time favorite sports, sports movies, '61. Um, yeah. When I met him, <laughs> uh, was here in Fargo <laughs> for the Roger Maris uh, golf tournament, and uh, you know, I mentioned that. Uh, you know, I play a little golf and everything. And I introduced myself as the icon to him, and he said, uh, "He said uh, to me, so, uh, uh, so you're the icon. So when you played sports in high school, were you known as kick him last?" Uh, I thought that was kind of funny. But what was what was it like hanging out with Billy Crystal? Oh, isn't he great? He is just the life of the party. Um, when he was on set, it was it was a party. Everybody knew that jokes were going to be made. You know, you're going to have to, you know, there's going to be a lot of takes because you're going to be cracking up. And it was exactly that. It was exactly that. In fact, one of the um, bloopers at the end of the film is just me cracking up because he was right there in earshot just hazing everybody. Just hazing everybody. Like, you really can't get this, you can't get the scene, you can't get the scene down, you can't do it yet. What's the matter? What's the matter? And it was, it was like a constant hazing that, you know, we're like, <laughs> we, like, we can't get it together. You know, like we just, we just couldn't stop laughing. And, um, you know, he had a lot of, a lot of things to say, you know, about funny stuff. And, you know, he loves baseball. You know, his, he, he's just the life of the party. And when him and Robert De Niro on the set together, which was the case with me, it, it's nonstop. You know, and and like I said, the end at the end of of the movie, there's bloopers where I'm have this bedroom scene with uh, Bobby, and it just it just we couldn't get it we couldn't get it right because it was just so funny, and Billy Crystal was fueling the fire. Do you know what I mean? Like kind of like off scene, just fueling so, the so fire. Was, I don't so think you can off, hear him. Yeah, so he was offset trying to crack you up and. Now let me ask you this: When that when that's happening, yeah. uh, we got Donna Marie Rectal here. We got 21 minutes. Uh, hopefully, you can uh, stay with us that long. We appreciate it. I know you got to get up early. I understand that, but uh, <laughs> I have a lot of questions, and I do apologize. But uh, mm. so that when this is going on, and he's upset, and he's he's ribbing you and stuff like that. Yeah. Do, does the director ever say, "Okay, guys, just get the scene done"? Does that ever happen? Yeah, you know. So um, well, that ended up happening because. Uh, you know, we, we got it out. We got our belly laughs out, and then we were <clears throat> ready to sort of, you know, buckle down and, and do what we were getting paid to do. And uh, Harold Ramis did um, come over to me and to um, 
to Bobby, and he says, you know, you've just we can't get. He's like he he's the you know he's uh I think he was producer or whatever. He he just said, listen, we can't get him off. We can't kick him off the set, so we're gonna have to just block him out, guys. And we're like, we're trying, <laughs> we're trying, but he's like right there, you know. And he's like, all right, all right. Oh, he's like, well, I'll do my best, and you do your best, and we'll do this. We're gonna get this shot, and it's. The last shot of the day, for anyone that shoots movies or knows, it's called a martini shot. So you really want to get the martini shot. You know, you're, you shoot all day, and then the end shot at the end of the day before everybody wraps is the martini shot. And so really wanted to get the martini shot. And and um, and he, he, he was gracious enough to let us do it, but I actually said, you know, I can't help it. He's making me laugh, right? He's making me laugh. And then everybody starts to chime in like, Oh, like a clown, he makes you laugh, like from Goodfellas, you know? And so we finally had it all out. Billy Crystal had it out. He did his best, like Pesci from Goodfellas. And he, we got it all out. And um, and that was that. So, yeah. But, you know, it's you can't get mad at him because he's there to have fun. And no one's really, on, on a big budget movie like that, I, I just, no one's really concerned about having a day or two um go behind, you know, for a little fun, you know, it's kind of like you get your best gems that way. And there was, it was just like a no pressure kind of feel good kind of environment that everyone, every professional on set that day made, including Billy. He's just, that's what he does. You know, you just have to like, he's a comedian. He's always going to be a comedian. And if he's there, he's just going to be laughing. You know, it's, it's, it's just the way it is. It's just you have to take, you have to just accept it. <laughs> uh, Donna Marie Rico is our guest here. We got about 19 minutes here left with Donna. Uh, and uh, for everybody that wants to know who we're going to have on next week, you got to go to our Facebook. Uh, I'm not going to tell you now. You got to go on our Facebook. Uh, that'll be up later. But uh, I'm going to ask you one more question. I'm going to ask you about my favorite movie of all time. Uh, I got to know, you know, you mentioned Harold Ramis. What is it like hanging out with a Ghostbuster? Yeah, right? Legends. Legends. Um, it's, it's, you know, you know it's going to be a lot of fun. You know there's going to be a lot of jokes. You know there's going to be a lot of belly laughs. And, um, you know, just when I went, uh, it was November. It was about 6 p.m., uh, I went to my, my, my callback audition, which means I had already read for a casting director and got the green light. So now I'm at the callback, and it's, it's Harold Ramis. The writers are in the room, and Robert De Niro's in the room. And even before I walked in, there was about five other actresses, of course, kind of going in and out and reading and, you know, memorizing, coming in and going. And, you know, uh, it's it's very nerve wracking to see your competition up close like that. But when I walked in the room and I saw Harold Ramis there, he's like, very nice to meet you. And the look on my face, I didn't expect him to be there. And he looked at me and he's like, I know exactly what you're thinking. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, I bet I'm wearing it right on my face. Like the shock and and the horror and and the honor is right on my face. And he's like, but just have a seat. We're just going to wing it. I don't want you to be nervous. And, you know, let's just talk about a little bit about where you're from. And it was just such a pleasure to be um, coaxed by by an artist who's directing the movie. You know, he's he's a ghostbuster, right? He's 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 the 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 such a legend. 
that um, it, it was, I was starstruck. I was starstruck. It was hard to be in, in his midst, you know, and then Robert De Niro, of course, but I mean, you know, he was, uh, he was a joy, a joy. And he's a family man. He's just a really warm hearted family man. You know, I mean, he's just a mush. And, um, uh, it's sad that, Don Marie that he's our not guest making here. movies anymore. Yeah. Uh, Don Marie Reco is our guest here. We have, um, well, we have about uh, 16 minutes here left. So I, I got to ask you about my favorite movie that you were in. And, uh, I, I can tell you exactly the time cue when you're on. I can tell you the time cue when you're off. Uh, <laughs> but I'll tell you what. You know which movie I'm talking about. Um, it was obviously <laughs> Autofocus, the, the a movie about Bob Crane, who is another hero mm-hmm. of mine, uh, Hogan's Heroes fame. Now, first thing I want to ask you about, when uh, the DVD came mm-hmm. out and you saw mm-hmm. your picture on the back of the the cover – first reaction I was so flattered I was so flattered that um, my character um, you know made made it was you know it was it considered a role that was pivotal in in the story Um, I introduced Bob Crane into a whole other subculture um, and so, yeah, it was, I was blown away. I was, I was, I did not expect that. Um, but I was really flattered. I, we didn't have a photo shoot, so they just kind of grabbed the image and designed the, um, you know, the post. And therefore it was also the box cover. Yeah. You can imagine, you know, so, I mean, I haven't really done a lot, so. <laughs> So you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of curious, and of course, my favorite line is, uh, "My uh, here, I'm Melissa, but really, I'm Mistress Victoria. You <laughs> will respect Mistress Victoria. I I'll tell you what, that line, I'm not saying it because it's you because you're on, but that line stole the whole show. I mean, it, I mean, it stole the scene. I mean, you could not." Break up in that scene without reflecting back to that. And you know something? Wow. I would do anything to have a session with Mr. Victoria from watching that scene, but that's we'll, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> so, but now, uh, I'm kind of curious. Now, uh, in the movie, mm-hmm. uh, you were with a couple of my heroes, uh, Willem Dafoe and uh, Greg Kinnear. Now, I'm just kind of mm-hmm. curious. There was, there was one scene when uh, uh, Willem Dafoe and I and I can't say it because you know we we have to be uh, PG. But there was a scene mm-hmm. when he comes up to you and says, "Do you know what time it is? It's mm-hmm. this time." And he he pushed a button on a watch. Now let me ask you this: Was that watch real or was that was that fake? Yeah, no, that watch was real. That I did look at something, um, but I don't know. I can't remember if that was the actual image. But that watch, there was something going on that in that image, but it was very pixelated, very, you know, and they, they might have um, sort of edited it to maybe improve the image and make it more, I mean, I, I, what, what it ends up being, you know, which is that action, right? You know, lovemaking, I guess you want to call it. <laughs> but, um, 
if my memory serves me correct, like it was just this weird pixelated like um, watch that you know didn't it didn't really get a lot of people's attention. It was just sort of like a prop that um, had something pixelated on it. I guess maybe I was just too um, concerned about saying my lines right or you know. <laughs> not messing up my makeup to actually look closely at the watch, if that makes any sense. <laughs> now, That's a now, really good you, question. Yeah. Now when you, when you tried out for the role, did you know, uh, did you know what the movie was about and did you know what role you were uh, applying for? Or did they say, Oh man, she's the hottest gal that's come out today. We got to have her do this. How, how did that role come about? I'm curious. No, I not really. I didn't really know much. Um, I didn't read the script. Um, it it wasn't really a a, a hush hush kind of um, project, but you knew enough to know that they were making the Bob Crane story, and that um, Greg Kinnear was going to be playing Bob Crane, and um, I got a description of the character, which was that she was a dancer, and she. Um, has a has relations with Bob Crane, and uh, I even think we shot a, another scene too. With, uh, this was many years ago. I'm, I mean, but that scene never made it. So my I think my role was a little bit bigger, but it doesn't matter. My my, my point is that um, the the scene that we shot <clears throat> that I shot with Bob after um, you know at that at the club at the nightclub. Um, and the scene I shot with William Defoe um, were all sort of described to me without me re- actually reading the script. So I was, that, that I was, awesome. the, yeah, I was the the attractive woman dancer, um, Melissa, who turns Bob Crane onto a whole other subculture. And that was that was the yeah. description. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you know, and it, it, it's sad that that uh, that that scene didn't uh, make it. I, I'm, you know, I'm sure it's uh, uh, on the outtake somewhere. But uh, you know, um, mm-hmm. we'll uh, we'll bring our co-host back. Uh, do you guys have any other questions for our co-host? Do you guys want me to keep going? Because I I have more questions that we can fill this thing with. I'm mm-hmm. good. You're on a roll, man. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to hear what you come up with. John, yours and uh, I, like I said, I'm not just saying this because it's you. I've seen uh, every movie that you've been in. Uh, of course, the first movie I ever saw you in was uh, a movie called Three Ninjas Kick Back. And, no uh, way! I'm kind of curious. Yeah, Shut I, up. I'm, <laughs> I'm curious. Yeah, I'm serious. No, that's crazy. Being in that, yeah, being in that movie, you got to tell me what it was like uh, hanging out with three karate kids. Yeah, right, three karate kids. So that movie, I was, I had just taken my, my an acting class, and uh, and this is true. This is, this is like true Hollywood nepotism. Here you, here we go, here we go. That role got me my SAG card, which is the union, as you know. Um, you know, you're in, you're in the actors' union. Um, and then it's and then it's a little bit easier to get work, but but my boyfriend's father produced that movie, and my boyfriend said to his father, "Hey, 
you think there's a speaking role for my girlfriend? This wasn't just like, this was my boyfriend of three years. Like we were in love and we thought we were going to get married and, you know, and he, he would have done anything for me. And so uh, oddly enough, there was a hot dog vendor role that they thought instead of having it be a boy, that it was just uh, just a regular hot dog vendor boy. They thought it would be cute to cast me in the role and then have, you know, one of the karate kids sort of flirt with, you know, the hot dog girl. And then that, that was it. That was it. My, my first screen performance ever. And then after that happened, you know, I just, I went another like five to seven years without even pursuing anything on, on screen because I was in the theater company, but it was just a, a blessing. Um, it was a lot of fun. I learned a lot. I didn't know what it was like to be on a set, you know, or, anything i didn't even know what a camera looked like you know and there <laughs> i learned so much <laughs> crazy uh, i haven't thought about that in a really long time <laughs> uh don marie Reckless is our guest here now uh, uh don this next question i'm going to ask big swing and this will lead into the uh one of my next uh uh favorite movies uh that you were in uh uh big swing who is your favorite female wrestler Oh, I don't know. My my son knows oh. her name. I don't. Yeah. Alexa Bliss. That leads me to the next question. Now, you Alexa heard a movie Bliss. called Finding Bliss. Finding Bliss. I love that movie. How'd you get that role? Yeah. Tell us about that. Um, well, um, oh, I'm so embarrassed that I didn't remember her name, but <clears throat> forgive me. But um, my son's the big um, WWE fan, you know, and I just kind of tag along. Um, so if you want to know how I got a role, my role in Finding Bliss, my roommate at the time, um, she was in sales and uh, she made a lot of money in sales and she sold toys for the adult industry. And she said to me, Hey, there's a script that's circulating around. It's a comedy and it's for the mainstream. And uh, would you be interested in reading for it? Because there's a role in it that they can't seem to cast. And I said, sure. I met with the director. I read for it. And she called me from Canada because they had already started shooting and said, can you, can we fly you up to Canada and can you block out the next month to be because we want to have you play Kathleen. And I owe it all to my roommate because if she didn't know one of the producers just from being in sales, (laughs) I would have never been even had the opportunity to read for, for that, for that role. And I love that role. That's, that's a fun role. It's, it's a fun comedy it's a sleeper you know and it was directed and written by uh jackie davis who's been described as you know the female woody allen when when he in his best day you know she's very funny um yeah (laughs) i don't know if that's well you know a fun story for you yeah well with the movies that you've been in and uh, you, you've been in uh, a lot of uh, ones that, like you say, I'm not just saying this because you're on. It, it's it's all true. Uh, you can hook me up to Lie Detector if you want to. But 
mm-hmm. when uh, when you have the role and uh, you put they put out the movie and you're in the movie and they say, uh, hey, did you know that uh, you're going to be on the the post the movie poster or you're going to be in the uh, promo stills or in the commercial? What what is your first reaction to that? It's like, are you like? Oh wow, that's awesome! Uh, you know, when, when's it going to be on? Can I get a copy of the poster? Is it just like just another day at the no, office for you? No, no, you don't really hear any of that. I don't even think that they. We're like the last, so the the actors are like way, way down on 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 the you know priority scale. You know, we're way down there. Like they've got other fish to fry. They're talking about like media press releases. Um, they're talking numbers, they're talking, you know, opening and, you know, festivals. They, they got a whole bunch of other stuff um, to, you know, focus on. And so, you know, we don't find out about, I mean, maybe it's different for Lily Sobieski because she's the A-list actor in, in the lead role. So maybe they need her permission for certain things, but like supporting casts and, you know, I play the best friend. So, I mean, I'm, you know, definitely second tier and uh, no, we don't, we're not told anything. We just, we just find out when everybody else finds out. We're just like, Oh, that's great. Look, you know, and there's, there's, there's this poster that, you know, um, that they market the movie in different countries, you know, and then sometimes you realize that, like, oh, they made my role look so big, or like, oh, they, I'm not even on the poster at all, or, you know, it's just it just depends on so many factors, and yeah, no, they don't, we're not like considered, we they don't need permission from us, they don't care, <laughs> and rightfully so. Why should they? <laughs> we're just actors, we're just puppets, we just say our lines, show up on time. In fact, no, I well, take that know, back because that particular movie, I was also the music supervisor, and I and I took care of a lot of the music too. So I did have a lot to do in post production for that movie, and I sang and recorded the 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 title song too. So that's I'm actually kind of proud of that. Well, you know, I'm kind of curious too. It's like you know, um, and uh, I'll, I'll admit I don't think anybody has as big an ego as I do. You know, uh, being an icon and everything like I am. But yeah. now let me ask you this: Do you like? Uh, do you like have like a like a uh, like like a theater room or like a, a souvenir room? Like you walk in, it's like you have like the movie your movie posters, or you have like all the movies you've been in, or anything like no, that. No, but or, you know what I do you, have. I I don't I don't have that. I don't. But I do have um, like a an envelope that is being now. It's like overstuffed at this point filled with things that I thought I would frame one day and then like kind of like put up in my office. And I don't know, maybe one day I will do it, but you know, things that like I photos, photographs and pictures that I've taken with people that I've had printed and um, yeah, certain, certain documents or, you know, whatever, you know, certain things. Um, So maybe one day, to sort of celebrate maybe my my accomplishments in my career, maybe I'll do that. But right now it's just stuffed in a Manila envelope, collecting dust on a shelf in my in my office. <laughs> um, so it, and, means, uh, it does mean something to me, but not enough to have it framed yet. 
Well, and you know if uh, you know if uh, you uh, if you're able to, uh, may, uh, if you can uh, send us a few autographs for our December show giveaway, you know we'd appreciate oh, that. That and, would uh, be my pleasure. That would be my pleasure. Yes, of course, of course. Because you know, uh, every, I'll admit, uh, I'll go ahead and put this out now. Uh, every guest that we've had on is, uh, well, not everyone, but the, the guests that we've had on that have been graciously nice enough to send us autographs, which is few and far between. Uh, they they sometimes will send an autograph to me, and what I'll do is I'll put it on a frame and I'll put it up on my wall, and then uh, it mm. covers up my whole living room, and uh, people walk in like going, nice. "Man, you still have, you have a lot of pictures of yourself in here." It's like, well, no, I don't have enough. So real quick here, we got a few yeah. more minutes. Yeah, we got a few more minutes before we have this up. But if our if our fans want to check you out and see you and uh, find out how many lives you're saving uh, from COVID and stuff, do you have Facebook? You got Instagram? You got YouTube? You got Twitter? You got a Twitch? What do you got? Yeah. Oh well, I have. Um, I do have an Instagram. It's dm dot and I do have a um, Twitter. I think it's the same. Dm. Dot Reco. Um, I don't know my Facebook. Like I'm, I, I really, I used to think that I would plug away at that kind of stuff, but it ends up being just kind of like, kind of fun, you know. I don't, I don't market myself the way, you know, I probably should. Um, but um, like I just. I literally yesterday my my son loves TikTok and there's fun stuff to do on there, and on the day they were supposed to take it down, um, I, I I posted one thing on TikTok. I actually created an account and posted something because I had no idea. See, my finger isn't really on the pulse with what's going on a lot of times, and so I went and joined the day they're supposed to take it down because that's how much I know. So it's probably yeah. I don't know if it's going to be short lived, but I think that is also DM dot reco. Uh, so, but my IMDb page is probably just Donna Marie Reco on IMDb is, is where you find out like what's in post and and no, no, I take it back. My Instagram is probably where you'll find out what's going on. Yeah. Awesome. Well, you know, I'll tell you what we we I, I can't appreciate tell you how much we appreciate you joining us. And uh, we added another uh, famous uh, female celebrity actress, lovely, vivacious, beautiful to our uh, our our list of stunning uh, guests. And we appreciate you taking time out of your schedule. And uh, if we haven't seen you too much, uh, we'd love to have you on again. If you could uh, take us for another thirty minutes, we'd appreciate it. I know. Promise I'll brush up on my um, female wrestlers, and um, and that everything that has to do with that genre. It's it's not that it's not a big stretch for me because my son is is very schooled. He can school me well, <laughs> and it went, and, and, and uh, it was really a lot of fun. And and hey, have your son start listening to the show. We'd appreciate that too. I will have him start listening to the show. Of course, I will. Do you want to say hi? <laughs> say hi to the IQ. All right, say hi, Big Swing. Hi. Thanks, thanks, Donna. We appreciate it. Love you guys. Okay. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you guys, guys too. No problem. Thanks for being on.
Hey, that was awesome, guys. The the icon keeps bringing the stars, doesn't he? How can you not? Oh, yes. Well, we knew this. We knew you did. Well, anyways, we we are up against it here, guys. Uh, We will be back next week, as usual. Same Attitude Time, same Attitude Channel. We are the Attitude Era Live. Granny, Icon, Big Swing. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.